everybody, and welcome to the 25th Hour. My name is Christopher Franchi, your host, and with us today we have a very special guest. But before I get into introducing him, growing up my mama told me, never trust a man with a silent age in his profession. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today's guest looks very shady indeed. <laughs> Lock up your daughters, hide your wives, take all your personal belongings, put them in a Ziploc bag, and stuff them in the crotch of your pants. Because today, our guest is a luthier. <laughs> yes, a silent H. <laughs> okay. Uh, but seriously, I've known this guest for several years now. And while I still don't trust him to stay away from my daughter and my wife or my pants, <laughs> he's a pretty good guy. Known to those near and dear to him as simply Koz, please welcome Gary Kozlowski of Eveline Guitars. Thank you for having me. This should be a good time. It's, it all depends on you, mister. I mean, most things do, right? You feel the pressure? All of it. All <laughs> the pressure. <laughs> well, what people are dying to know is what the hell is a luthier? So why don't you explain to the fine folks at home? So uh, apparently I didn't know there was a silent H in luthier and it's luthier, but um, I guess there's a grammar lesson for all of us in this today. So we get something out of it. Basically, it's a guy that builds guitars, uh, start to finish, from scratch, guitar maker. Yeah. Mechanic fixes cars, a doctor works on people, a luthier creates guitars. All right. And before we get too much into that, because that's what we're here for is to find out about his guitars, why don't you tell us a bit about your background? Uh, grew up in the Metro Detroit area, uh, went to Centerline High School, used to hang out with uh, some local rappers in the school, became friends with them that kind of exposed me to like a local music scene which I hadn't, you know, had any kind of exposure to uh, growing up before that. So I kind of got to learn a lot about how, you know, people start out creating music and how they become, you know, famous celebrities when they're just a guy I used to go to high school with. Um, and that, that kind of opened up a lot, of, a lot of doors to me as far as where to go in life. And then um, I've always been a woodworker. Uh, comes down from my grandfather on my mom's side. Uh, he was a woodworker, used to build furniture and all kind of cool stuff. So it's something I always was, you know, a big fan of doing in junior high and high school. I took every woodworking class I possibly could. Uh, and it's always been something that I've, I've dabbled in. And <clears throat> musically, like, um, you know, rock and roll music, I've always looked at guitars as a piece of art before it's an instrument. You know, when I look at a guitar, I see artwork. I see a sculpture. I don't see an instrument, you know. And then when, you know, some guitar god picks it up and shreds his balls off, then now it's an instrument, you know. But before that, it's it's all art to me. So me not being a musician in any way, uh, I've always really loved guitars just because they have like a, a persona, you know. They, they have like a soul. You know, they're all different and they, they sound different. They look different. They act different. You know, there's, there's so it's to me, it's a, an additional member to a band is the guitar itself, you know, and then growing up watching guys like Eddie Van Halen, he was, you know, my first favorite, you know, musician ever, you know, in terms of like a player and, you know, his famous striped guitars just dazzled me from, you know, being a little kid, 10 years old or less. Um, and then I found out that he actually built that guitar, you know, in all his guitars, he was building his own guitars. And, you know, you take someone who works in local music with friends and then you, you like music and you like working with wood and it's like, Oh, I'm probably going to start building guitars. That sounds some, like a pretty awesome thing to do. So hence the, uh, the birth of Eveline guitars. Now Eveline is an interesting name. Where'd you come up with that? So <clears throat> when I was a kid, my dad's parents lived across the street from my mom's parents in a little town 
inside Detroit called Hamtramck, small little Polish city. It was a Polish city back then. Uh, and they lived on Eveline Street. Um, and then about a half mile down on the other side of town, um, same street, my grandmother's sister also lived. So Eveline Street was kind of like the roots of my family. Like all of my, you know, my brother and my cousins and my mom's sisters and my dad, like everyone's roots grew out of Eveline. So when I started building guitars and needed to come up with a name for my company and I took, you know, the woodworking of my grandfather and then the musicianship of my dad, who was also a musician, and you bring those together and you get me and the roots are Aveline. I thought it was just a great name. <laughs> okay. Now, where did you first discover your talent for woodworking? God, I don't know. Early on, middle school, probably, you know, making shop projects. I just like to build stuff and always did good in shop class. And then in high school, there was only one wood shop class and I took it in freshman year and then I wanted to take it again, but there was nothing there. And the teacher really liked me. So we decided to create a position of a teacher aide so that I can take it for the next three years also. <laughs> it was literally just the teacher's aide in shop class. Um, it was actually called manufacturing. It was a bit more technical. You did some classwork stuff on how to bring your product to market and things like that, which sure. in hindsight was actually good to have, you know, yeah. for four years on a, right. on a half year class. Yeah. Now you were talking about how instruments have souls, guitars, I, I guess mm -hmm. every instrument really. Um, mm -hmm. And you have, you know, obviously everything uh, with a, an instrument and all that is proprietary. Propri <laughs> I can't say the word. Proprietary? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, everything is proprietary. And uh, so you had to come up with your own basic designs now how yeah. did you come up with that so there's a lot of guys that do what i do and they copy the famous shapes you know the fender strat shape and the telecaster shape and the les paul shape like those are kind of like the big three um and, and there's a few others you know you can go down the line and, and list a bunch and a lot of people just copy those shapes um but for me i didn't want to do that i wanted to be my own thing i, I just didn't want to be another guy who just makes fender strats you know his own version of fender strats i wanted to be my own guy so i just kind of freelance you know or freehand just drew up you know some guitar shapes on small pieces of paper and sketched until i found something that i liked and then <clears throat> kind of just started building them um and then as far as names like the very first guitar i ever designed and built is called the gfkr so that i named because of where my company came from it's my dad the musician and my grandfather on my mom's side the woodworker that's their initials gary kozlowski is my dad Frank Romanowski was my grandfather, so it's Gary Frank Kozlowski Romanowski. And then, you know, moving forward, other guitars that I designed, you know, just depends on if I designed it specifically for somebody, like um, the Ouija guitar right next to it there. It's probably my most famous guitar that I've ever built. Uh, it was designed and built for Jinx from Black Veil Brides, hence the JX is the name of that guitar. You know? yeah. Now, I would imagine that's not an actual Ouija board, uh, but it is still wood. I mean, I haven't tried to raise any demons from it. <laughs> However, if you look at those guys in their stage gear, you might argue against that comment. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Um, but uh, speaking of wood, what kind of wood do you find most desirable to work for? It really with? depends on the guitar player. Um, everybody's after something different, you know. So when I build for somebody, um, I pretty much interview them. You know, I, I ask them, you know, what type of music do you play? Give me some of your, your own music. I want to hear what you're playing. Give me some of your inspirations, who you kind of model yourself after. Um, 
you know, and find out what they want if they can't answer that question on their own. Um, some guys will be able to tell me like, hey, I want something that's really warm and fat and, and real, real bassy. Other guys will say, I want something with, you know, a lot of presence and, and more in the high range in the, in the mid-tones and stuff like that. So it really depends on what they're after. Um, the most common woods are like mahogany, uh, swamp ash, um, alder, poplar. Those are some of the more popular stuff that I use. Uh, but sometimes you get into like ebony or purple heart is probably my favorite wood to work with just because it has tonal properties very similar to mahogany. Uh, so it's real, real warm and full and, you know, got a real round tone to it. Um, it's not real bright, but it's just the prettiest wood you'll ever see. Yeah. So what you're saying to the layman out there, basically, is that different woods offer different properties as far as sound goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Every wood has its own different tonal properties, which is unfortunately why guitars are typically expensive, um, because they're not made out of cheap wood. You can't just go buy some two by fours at Home Depot because pine sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's why nobody builds guitars out of two by fours. My first guitar was made out of balsa wood. Yeah. <laughs> so it weighed as much as that slice of paper. Right there. Oh, man. So what would you say, aside from your personal preference, mm -hmm. what would you say? Or maybe I guess it would be your personal preference. What would provides the, the best tone, do you feel? I love mahogany. I yeah. think mahogany sounds amazing. It's It, it kind of touches all bases. It's not real narrowed into, like, one area. Um, <clears throat> swamp ash is very bright. Um, it, it's a lot more in the mid to high range in tone. Um, doesn't have as much fullness to it, whereas mahogany is just it's thicker and, and warmer. I think it just touches more bases, and it's more versatile. Right. Now, one thing that stands between the wood and the strings is mm -hmm. the paint. Now, mm -hmm. does that affect the play at all on a guitar? And if so, what process do you use? Um, if you talk to tone chasers, it's a it's a word that like you, know, you get into like the, the super nerds of guitars. Um, they will tell you that paint will affect the tone. Um, I believe that. I don't hear it so much myself, but I'm not a musician, so I don't really have as good of a fine-tuned ear for that stuff as other people. I mean, I, I can hear tone very well, but some people are just, they're scientists with it. And yes, paint can change the tone because you are, you're filling the pores of the wood, you know, and you are altering its makeup. So yes, there's always going to be some, you know, effect to it. Yeah. And what, you know, I mean, I, I own a few guitars. I'm not a Eddie Van Halen or anything. That, but I do know that you look like him though <laughs> don't I <laughs> um maybe I look like him the way he looks now <laughs> oh um oh, that hurts <laughs> that hurts it does. It's sad you do realize I have an Eddie Van Halen striped holster on my hip right now <laughs> <laughs> I do not <laughs> but thanks for the warning uh but no what what is your process because you know um I would say guitars are one of the things. Guitars and, and cars are the two things that really stand out to me that have like like an impeccable paint. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, so what is your process? How do you, how do you create a paint job that it just appears to be like glass and flawless? It's funny you say that because guitars and cars are my two favorite things. Um, and that being said, I, I'm a huge guitar guy, uh, car guy. I, I build hot rods and muscle cars, and my son has a race car and. Um, you know, so like that's guitars have, or cars have always been a huge, huge passion of mine, which means when I started 
building guitars and need to figure out how to paint them, I literally use car paint and the colors I choose are from my favorite brand auto manufacturer. I use stuff out of their palette. So if somebody wants a blue guitar, I literally go through all the various different shades of blue that were available from, you know, the type of cars that I, I like best. You know, some people like Fords and Chevys and Chryslers and Hondas and whatever. So I would just, you know, this is my brand of car that I like and I would choose colors out of their palette and I would literally use automotive paint. I would very much like <laughs> a, a Super B Roadrunner green guitar. There are a few shades of green, yes. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Don't get me started on color codes and stuff, because that's a whole other show. So aside from basically building a guitar, uh, is there anything else you do with guitars, like customizing, hot riding, or you know, to use yeah. the parlance of our times, modding guitars? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's, you know, mostly, you know, I, I was more into kind of creating my own thing. Um, but, you know, if someone comes up and is like, hey, man, I got this this old crappy Fender guitar that I paid 200 bucks for at Guitar Center. And it's just like a, a cheap Korean, you know, Fender, but it doesn't sound good, you know, and it's got some bumps and bruises from playing it out. And someone wants a paint job, I'll strip it and paint it. Or, you know, if they want it to sound better, put better pickups in it, maybe a better neck that's made of better wood, you know, better hardware. I mean, you can hot rod a guitar just like you can hot rod a car. You put different parts on it, it's going to act different. All right, so in building all these guitars, certainly you have to have a favorite and a least favorite as far as the building process goes. What was your favorite build? There's been a lot. Um, I think my favorite is probably the one that I kept myself, and her name is Caroline. Let me pull her up right there. Um, I, I name guitars, I name my guns, whatever. Um, but that is a GFKR shape, which is my first shape I designed. So it's, you know, obviously, you know, it's near and dear. Um, and that is a guitar called my acoustic series. And what that is, it's something different that nobody else in the world does. Um, it is a combination of a, an electric guitar and an acoustic guitar in one. And there are companies out there that do this and they take a solid body guitar and they put what's called a, uh, a piezo pickup in it, which is a special bridge that alters the guitar sound to make it sound like an acoustic guitar electronically. So it's kind of fake, um, kind of like an electric guitar isn't, or electric car isn't really a car. Uh, it's fake. So same thing. Um, <laughs> so it alters the sound in the tone to make it sound like an, an acoustic guitar. I don't do that. What I do is I actually start with an extra thick um, body guitar and I split it in half like a book. And then I take a router and I hollow out both sides of it, put it back together and make a hollow body that way. Other hollow body guitars are typically you have your base plate, you have your top plate, and then you have your side that wraps around it. It's three pieces, you know, compiled together. So nobody does a solid body, hollow body guitar like I do. Um, and it's because they're a pain in the ass. It takes about 15 hours just of hand routing to clean it out. It takes yeah. forever, and you breathe in a lot of dust, and you get wood particles in your lungs. It's it's not good. And that's <laughs> probably why nobody does it but me, because no one's that stupid. Um, <laughs> but it creates a sound all its own. Uh, it's very different than anything else, <clears throat> and it's very, very unique. So it's just a little bit thicker than a regular guitar body. It's about almost twice as thick, not quite. Um, it is hollow. It does have a regular electric guitar pickup in the bridge position with its own volume and tone knobs and its own output jack. So that runs to your guitar rig like a regular guitar. But then there's a second output jack. Um, so when you plug this thing in, there's literally two chords coming out of it. 
Uh, and that jack goes to a sound hole pickup that you would commonly find in an acoustic guitar um, so that you can plug it into your PA system just to amplify it. And there's also a transducer microphone inside it which is like another pickup uh, for acoustics. And if you see in the top corner, that guitar up in the top horn on the side, you'll see, yeah, right there, uh, the side view there, that is a three-band EQ uh, equalizer that you can adjust how much signal is going from the transducer mic and also the sound hole pickup so you can pick your acoustic tone and try to get you know something like a little bit more of a modern acoustic guitar or something like really vintage from the 30s and 40s you know 100 right. years ago that real fuzzy fuzzy acoustic tone mm -hmm. uh, and you can kind of get your own and then when i build these i also manufacture a <clears throat> a double mute pedal so it's just like a regular stomp pedal it's got two buttons on it and they're both mute switches but they're separate circuits so you have two chords coming out of the guitar they run into two jacks on the pedal two jacks out of the pedal, one to your amp, one to your PA, and they're just two separate circuits. And you can play them individually or together at once, you know, just by hitting foot switches. Okay. So it's it's pretty elaborate, but when you when you play it, it's actually super cool because you can take a song like um, pick any hair metal ballad from the 80s, you know, Mr. Big or Guns N' Roses. Or Warrant. Or, or Warrant, yeah, everything <laughs> by Warrant. Um, so it, it's all acoustic guitars, but there's this, like, blazing electric guitar solo in the middle of it. So you right. need two guys because you can't play two guitars at once. This guitar makes that happen. Yeah, yeah, so rather than fiddling with your, your head on stage in between songs, you're literally right on the fly. You right. Adjust everything. You could literally be a one-man show at a small yeah. bar and you're playing the acoustic guitar, you stomp a button, you rip a solo, you stomp another button, you're back yeah. to acoustic. Now, you know, to the, to the layperson, they might question, you know, you said the way you make the bodies is you, you cut it in half, you mm -hmm. round it out, and you glue it back together. Does that process of having to cut it and glue it back together uh, do anything to the integrity of the, the tone of the wood? No. No. Um, gluing wood together is not really a big deal. Um, every acoustic guitar you've ever seen is glued together. So that's just how they all are. You know, you have your sound plate on the bottom of the soundboard, you have your top soundboard, and then you have the, the wrapper on the side. It's just all yeah. glued together. So it doesn't really hurt anything. You just have to make sure that when you route it, you don't go too thin, just make it too soft or puncture yeah. through it. And I always try to route in some support braces too. And it also helps channel the tone towards the sound hole. In this particular case, the sound hole is like an F hole down on the up on the top there. Right. Uh, and then another thing that makes this my favorite guitar is just how it looks. Uh, it's purple heartwood. There is no wood stain there. That color is nature. It is just purple wood. Wow. And then the center is mahogany. Um, so it's just, you know, laminated together, mahogany and, and purple hearts. And then it, um, around the binding edge around it, it's all actual real old-fashioned gold leaf. Nice. So Now, you explained that this is a difficult guitar to make. Yeah. Um, uh, so as far as your least favorite build, if this was your favorite, I can yeah. only imagine what your least favorite <laughs> build was. Um, so this is my favorite guitar. Um, and building them, I mean, is difficult, and it's involved, these Acoustic Series guitars, because of how they are, but I don't really hate it. It's just, you know, I mean, I'm working with wood, so it's never a problem. I'd say probably my least favorite build would be um, I built it for a girl who lives in Las Vegas. Her name is Devo. Uh, designed the, the guitar shape for her. Uh, it's this one here. 
Um, and the guitar is super cool. I love the guitar. Um, designed it completely for her. But what made it my least favorite is I painted that guitar about 17 times. Uh, <laughs> now, that's not paint, fail, paint, fail. That's oh, 17 yes. applications. Oh, no, so. it's paint, fail, paint, okay. fail. <laughs> paint it, strip it. Paint it, strip it. Like Because so this is called a burst finish where there's no definitive line between colors. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of blend into each other, the black and the, and the purple. Bursting colors is easy. It's not a big deal. It's just a, a way that you you hold your paint gun and and you kind of just share it and fan it and it's follow the you, contour. Right, right. Sure. Yeah, you, know, you know. So bursting colors is not a problem, and millions of people do it. Bursting sheens is impossible. Um, if you look at that guitar, the center of it is very very flat black, but the outer purple is a high gloss metallic purple. So trying to get two colors to blend together is not a big deal. With Trying to get two sheens yeah. is practically impossible. So it literally took about 17 attempts to get that thing right. And then once it was finally right, then I silk screened the gloss black leopard print over the top of all of it. And that's how it has so much dimension to it. So it came out amazing. And I, I'm very, very proud of that guitar. I just don't ever want to build another one. What would you have done if you jacked up the silk screen? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably quit. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. Um, yeah, so aside of that, like, I love the guitar. Like, it's it's very unique versus anything else I've done. Like, I made the custom knobs with her name and diamonds, and uh, it's a black mirror pick guard that's all hand-carved and stuff. It's a super cool guitar. It sounds awesome. It's a really, really nice piece. It's got an ebony fretboard on it. It's heavy as a tank it's mahogany with ebony fretboard the thing weighs a million pounds but she wanted this big heavy you know semi truck of a guitar and that's what i right. built her and i love it i just don't ever want to build another one <laughs> i never want to burst sheen again even when you gave it to her take care of this one it's yeah. the only one you're going to get <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah now uh you also build guitars for jinx from black veil brides how did Correct. that connection come about so uh, used to manage bands. That was kind of my segue into all this. You know, I <clears throat> learned about local musicians and, you know, uprising musicians uh, through my friends in high school. Um, and then later on in life, I started to manage a few bands locally here in the Detroit area. And then uh, a few of them, you know, had a little bit of regional success. Uh, one of them actually went on tour with a band called The Dreaming, which was made up of a few guys or a couple guys from Stabbing Westward. It's a popular industrial rock band from the 90s mm -hmm. uh, and a few other guys. And they had this really cool band called The Dreaming and this band I was managing went on tour with them. So we got to become friends. Uh, Jinx was in that band and, you know, I, I really liked his style and he's a super cool guy. And I was like, you know, man, I'd love to build a guitar for you one day. And, you know, we just got to talking and he's like, you know what, man, I really want a Ouija board guitar, but nobody will build me one. I'm like, I'll fucking build you one. Like, I'll build you one. And I go, I'll build you something cool. Not like Kirk Hammett's guitar where it's kind of like, I'll build you, you want a Ouija guitar. I'm going to make you a Ouija guitar. He's like, all right. So I built him this Ouija guitar. Um, this would be my most famous guitar I've ever built. Um, I went straight legit Ouija with it. Um, I actually carved a wooden planchet uh, off of a real one. I, I got a real Ouija planchet and, you know, traced it out and made mm -hmm. the made a planchet for it and it's all hand burned and stuff and it's got his name in the top of it instead of the word Ouija which is what he wanted so I put Ouija in the planchet instead um, really cool guitar uh, custom built uh, a custom 
neck profile, custom fretboard profile. Uh, he wanted the volume knob as far away from anything as possible because he's a very aggressive strummer. So he didn't want to be hitting the, the volume knob. That's why it's way down on the bottom, like yeah. any more, and it would be poking out the side of the right. guitar. Um, <laughs> that's all his design. Um, super cool guitar, and I built it for him, and he literally slept with it in the van. And whenever they would get a hotel, like he would literally sleep with his van. All the guys in the band were like, dude, he's sleeping with this guitar. You know, he absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, two months later, he left that band. Um, about three months after that, he joined Black Veil Brides. Six months later, they get a record deal. A year later, they're... Hot topic. They're hot topic. Exactly right. So crazy how it all just kind of came to play. Um, and that album, their first album, actually was released on my birthday. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And their very first single off that record is a song called Perfect Weapon, where the guitar is prominently featured in that Perfect Weapon video. So uh, if anyone wants to see that guitar in action, go to YouTube and look up Black Veil Bride's Perfect Weapon, and you'll see a lot of footage of that. It's really cool. Now, is Jinx still playing your guitars? Um, the band has endorsement deals with other guitar companies. Um, so there's been times where they're in between this endorsement and that endorsement, you know, between this brand and that brand. And when he's in downtime, he plays my stuff all the time. But whenever, uh, you know, the band is signed, they have like exclusivity and it's lawyers and stuff. And little me don't have money to fight big them. Right. So it is what it is. But he does record with them. Um, and if you visit him at his house, you go in his bedroom. All three of the guitars I built him are literally hanging on the wall in his bedroom where he says no other guitars will ever be. So he holds my stuff very personal to him. He absolutely loves my stuff. Um, he's obligated to play what he plays, and that's okay. Um, you know, it's not important for me to get recognition off of my friend's back. You know, I would rather him just have his success. Sure. You know, and if you know if he shows me a wink once in a while, that's all I need. I mean, that, that's enough. And if not, it does. It's okay because I know how he really feels, and, and he mm -hmm. loves my stuff. You know, he plays what he plays but you know he's he's pretty appreciative of what he has for me now how many other professional bands use evelyn products um there's been a few over the years uh currently jason null from saving able uh has a couple of my guitars he's got uh the one he actually stole from me <laughs> uh, it's called blondie i actually built that for myself i wanted something kind of like a 50s vibe uh so i went with like a, a butter yellow color it's uh, actually if you see a yellow chrysler crossfire or a yellow pt cruiser that's the color uh, with a tortoiseshell pickguard, gold hardware, maple fretboard. Like, I wanted something, like, very, very 50s-looking, you know, real classic. Um, so it was just one of mine just to have. And um, he talked to me about building him a guitar, so I brought a few guitars for him to mess around with backstage. And he really liked that one, and he asked if he could play it on stage. I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead, play it. You know, so we get done, and uh, he's like, I really like this. I like this shape. I like this vibe, you know, but I want something that, that nobody else will build me. And I've asked everybody and nobody will build me a Confederate flag guitar. I'm like, really? I'm like, Dimebag Daryl's got a Confederate flag guitar. He's like, no one will do them anymore. Nobody will do it. I'm like, I'll do one for you. He's like, can you make it like this shape? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do a, I'll do one of those in a, in a Confederate flag guitar. So I didn't that's just want to. I think that's kind of become your motto. I'll build that. You're goddamn right. You know, so I didn't want to do something where, you know, it's like the roof of the General Lee. You know, like I wanted to make something cool. So yeah. I uh, I built this oh, one wow. here. So this guitar is a mahogany body, and the top of it is uh, laid over with 200-year-old barn wood from Tennessee. So that wood saw the Civil War. 
Um, the knobs are made from Civil War bullets found in a Confederate camp in Virginia. The tailstop piece, you can see the CSA on it there. Um, that is a Confederate soldier's belt buckle. That is a Confederate uh, States of America belt buckle. Mm -hmm. uh, and I drilled it out and made a tailstop piece out of it. Um, I tarnished all the chrome on it and made it rusty. Um, and then the side of it there looks like it's kind of got steel wrapped around it. It's actually wood. Um, I just, you know, did some little art to it. Uh, if you look at the fretboard, the fretboard's got um, some inlay dots. The headstock, if you look close, there's a $2 Confederate dollar bill in the headstock. You can see right between the two center tuning pegs, the number two there, that's an actual Confederate $2 bill underneath the clear coat in the headstock. The back of it, that is a, um, a recruitment poster. Uh, it's a copy. That one's not an original, but uh, it's a copy of a uh, Confederate recruitment poster where they pass them out to try to get people to join the Army to fight in the war. Those are the inlay dots. Those are little Confederate flag inlay dots that I made out of um, earplugs. You know, the hippies, they, they gauge their ears out. I was, yeah. I was able to find some. <laughs> yeah, <of the> <laughs> I was able to no find. No offense intended, hippies. <laughs> purely <laughs> offensive. Uh, I was able to find some Confederate flag earplugs that I made inlay dots out of. Um, okay. So... Uh, the guys in his band call it a history lesson, you know, and so it's like anybody can just lay a Confederate flag logo in paint, you know, sure, or yeah. a, a vinyl wrap over a guitar. That, that's just boring to me. I wanted something that looks 200 years old, you know, like right. it, like it fought the war. Yeah. Um, so I made him that, and he absolutely loves it. It's his favorite sounding guitar. Uh, it, unfortunately, it's like too heavy to tour. It, it's super, super heavy. The wood <laughs> is like insanely heavy. It's really, really old mahogany. And then it's got that extra layer of barn wood over it, so it's, uh, it, which is cedar. Uh, so it's got a couple of different tonal properties to it. It sounds just absolutely huge. He records with it all the time, um, but he just doesn't tour with it anymore because it's just too damn heavy. Um, but uh, so when we were talking about you know building this guitar, you know he had just played that yellow one that night, and he goes, "Do you mind if I just take this one on the road with me? When you get my other one done, you know I'll give it back to you." I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine, whatever." So. He takes the yellow guitar on the road with him, and then I don't see him for a year, you know, and I got his guitar done, and, and I go to give him his guitar, and he's like, yeah, I left, I left Blondie at home. He lives in Mississippi. He's <laughs> like, I left Blondie at home. He's like, I'll get it back to you on the next tour. I'm like, okay. And then the next tour, he's like, I left Blondie at home. <laughs> I'm like. On purpose? <laughs> I go, Jason, do you just want to keep that guitar? He's like, I do. I just didn't want to ask you. I'm like, you can keep it. Just keep recording with it. So their newest album is all of that guitar. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Like he, I mean, he uses other stuff, but there's a ton of that guitar featured on their newest record. Sure. Now, you worked with a, with a, a lot of musicians and a, you know, a lot of famous musicians. Mm -hmm. um, of all the, the people that you've met, that you've come across, who's your favorite person, do you think? That you've that, that's played my stuff? Yeah. Um, I would say probably when Joe Hottinger and Lizzie Hale played my stuff backstage at the Royal Oak Music Theater. That was pretty awesome. Um, friends with the guy that runs the venue you know we went to the show he kind of put a side stage to watch the show instead of out in the crowd um <clears throat> you know we had my kid with me he was like three at the time maybe you know and um so we got to talking to those guys a little bit in between songs you know when they're you know doing little different things and they invited us you know downstairs to you know have a drink and hang out you know at their you know their backstage area below the stage so we're down there hanging out. It was, you know, it was kind of fun. And, you know, I was like, man, 
ever since you guys came out, like, I love your stuff, you know, and everything about you guys is super cool. I, I really just wish I could build a guitar for you. And Joe's like, you build guitars? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, really? I'm like, actually, I brought one on the far off chance that I might actually get to meet you and talk to you. He's like, where's your car? I'm like, it's literally right over here. He goes, go get it. I go get this guitar out of the car, take it downstairs. And for the next couple hours, we're all just hanging out. And Joe and Lizzie are just taking turns playing this guitar. And Joe's like downstairs just shredding on. He's got a little amp plugged in. And, and then Lizzie's like, am I going to get to play that or I got to take it from you, you know? And then she sits down and she's just shredding on it. You know, I thought it was just like the coolest thing. Cause this is someone that I really looked up to and respected yeah. as a musician, you know, um, because they're just way ahead of, you know, everything else that was going on at the time. And, and for them to just almost be fighting over playing, it was really, really cool to, to see. You, you know? have to learn how to, how, how to learn from the people you work with. You should have pulled the saving able maneuver. Right. And taking Lizzie home. <laughs> right. And when they come back on tour, are you done with Lizzie yet? Well, oh, I left her at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we all have our, our desires, don't we? <laughs> Trust me, if that was an option, it, that would be an option. Yeah. yeah. Now, this all sounds like fun and games, but but nothing is always fun and games. What's the most difficult part about running your own guitar company? Um, God, there's a ton. Sweeping up sawdust is never good. That always sucks. <laughs> um, marketing is tough. Um, I, I would say probably the worst is really just how difficult the business is. Um, there's there's a lot of people who do what I do, and there's a lot of people who do it way better than me. And I'm not you know you know embarrassed to say that there's some amazing craftsmen out there that make some great product. You know, a lot of their stuff is seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars for a guitar, you know, but it's deserved. Um, but it's the major companies that control it. That that's where it falls. You know, I I, you know, new band on the scene, they don't even have an album in the top forty yet, you know, or a song in the top forty. They're just starting to bust out and you're catching them at some clubs, you know, moving around the country, opening for this band or opening for that band. Zero level of fame yet. And they already have endorsements from, you know, uh, companies like Schechter or BC Rich or somebody like that. You know, they these these big companies, they just gobble up anybody that they see promising, mm -hmm. which, I mean, that's business. I do the same exact thing. I see somebody who's promising. I'm like, that guy's going to be famous. I need to put my stuff in that guy's hand so that people see him play so they want my guitar and then come buy guitars from me. You know, that's how it works, you know. Um, you just can't compete with that, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this stuff as a side project out of my own money, and, you know, these guys are, you know, building guitars by the thousands in China. So yeah. you, you well, just can't compete with that. That raises a huge question in that, you know, you have said that you've provided guitars to a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. haven't, haven't mentioned like a dollar amount or so. How does Avalon Guitars make money? So a um, lot of footwork, uh, website, Facebook page, and putting guitars in, in people's hands, you know. Um, I've endorsed a, a good handful of local musicians here in Detroit, guys that have zero fame level and have regular jobs, and they just play gigs on Saturday nights, you know, once in a while, but they're popular and they have a following, you know, so you just put shit in their hands, you know, take pictures, post it, get some of the people who like them, like, wow, that's a cool guitar, because Guitar players watch other guitar players play, you know, usually sure. to critique them. But nonetheless, they do watch other guitar players play. And if they see something they like, you know, that's a customer. Um, so 
it really it's endorsements. You know, you either spend money on advertising or you spend money on endorsing somebody. You know, and sometimes that does come back. You know, I endorsed Jinx with that Ouija guitar. Uh, he played it for a couple of years when his band was first breaking out before he got you know a major endorsement. And as a result, I sold more than a dozen replicas of that guitar. So what people might not know that have been listening to this interview is that any of the guitars that you see that may be player models mm -hmm. are available from you. and Anybody can own one. As replicas, absolutely. Even the Devo guitar for the right amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> I said I don't want to build another one, but I would. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, you've, you've taken a break from building guitars. Yes. Um, for how long and why? So um, guitar building will always be my passion, and I'll always have my company open. And if somebody sends me an email, I answer it. You know, if somebody wants a guitar, I'll build it. I just haven't put a lot of effort in the past couple of years as promoting my company because I've just been busy. Uh, married, kid, kid is growing up. Um, my son developed a huge passion for my other passion, which is cars and racing. Um, he's 13 years old. He actually has a race car. He has a, he drives a junior dragster. He's actually uh, completely endorsed by the actual Ram Chargers, uh, the new owner of the Ram Chargers race team to run a Ram Chargers junior dragster. He's building a 1965 Barracuda for when he gets out of that car. And he's actually already looking at getting into a front engine slingshot dragster with a Hellcat motor in it when he you know, gets to be two years older than he is now. So um, he's really developed this, this passion for cars and racing. And I've always had that. Uh, I was always a car guy growing up. I, you know, worked in speed shops and built hot rods and stuff. So he's actually just dragged this inner beast out of me. And that's kind of like what we do now. Um, so that's really where my life is at this point. Um, his very first junior dragster actually had a big Evelyn guitars logo on the side of it. Um, that was his sponsor was me. And then he got this Ram Charger sponsor, so we got him a new car and, you know, all that stuff. Um, but that's really why the hiatus is there. Um, it's not that I've lost any love for it. Um, there's just a new direction in my life that my son is steering for me, and anyone who's a parent understands that. Pun intended. Right. <laughs> well played. Uh, now, your your role with the uh, cars seems to be more you know, building whereas mm -hmm. his is more driving, and, yeah. and he, he is a, a young kid. Do you have any concerns about uh, his choice of hobbies? No, no. Um, cars are safe, man. Uh, I, I seen guys crash at 300 miles an hour walk away. You know, the, the, you know his car that he drives, um, I built a lot of it. I've got, you know, uh, other technicians and mechanics and welders that, you know, build the stuff that I can't do. Um, safety equipment is up to spec. I, I'm not worried, you know, he could be running down the track full steam and put it in a wall and he'll walk away from it. You know? yeah. So I, I'm not concerned. Um, but I do enjoy the fact that he really loves actual drag racing. He's a big history buff. He studies history of drag racing, you know, 60s and 70s and stuff like that. Not just, you know, watching Street Outlaws, you know. Um, and the, the reason that's good is because it keeps him desired to go to the actual drag strip to race which means in a couple of years when he's driving, he'll have less desire to do that shit on the street. Right. Uh, I did that stuff on the street, you know, <laughs> 25, 30 years ago. There was a lot less traffic then. My dad did it on the street 50 years ago. There yeah. was a lot less traffic then. There's too many idiots out on the street that'll pull right out in front of you. You could be a great driver and very confident handling your car. And if Karen pulls out in front of you while you're doing 140 down the highway, 
there's going to be a problem. It doesn't matter how good you are, there's a right. problem. So um, I'm trying to teach him to, you know, keep that at the track. And, and I've learned myself as a driver, you know, I've, I've done a lot of racing in my own um, growing up in my, you know, teens and 20s. The more I was at the drag strip, the less I was out street racing. So I'm yeah. trying to push that towards him. But, yes, I do also drive as well. Uh, I got a hot rod of my own. But um, I chose the picture of him because he's kind of steering that direction of my life. Mm -hmm. Well, to bring it back to guitars, yes. um, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people that do what you do, mm -hmm. uh, whether they're better or they're worse. Um, but, you know, we all strive to be unique in what we do. What would you say is different about Eveline than any other guitar company? I'm one of the very few people who only hand carves everything I do. Um, right. Most guitars, even independent guys uh, that do really good work, they do CNC stuff. You know, it's all, you know, their designs are all done on a computer. Even the ones that have their own unique designs, you know, they're not doing strats and telecasters. They're doing their own stuff. A lot of these guys have computers cutting them out. You know, it's all computer CNC design stuff, and the machine spits out the body, and then they paint it and put it together, and off you go. Mm -hmm. Everything I do, I go down to the lumber yard. I pick out the kind of wood that I want. I bring it home. I have my templates made out of acrylic that I cut out myself on a bandsaw, you know, and get them exactly how I want them to be shaped. Lay it down on the wood, trace it out, cut it out with a router and saws, and it's all done with just old school style the way that i learned from my grandfather you know 40 years ago plus um how to use regular machines and tools to make a product out of wood real yeah. true hands-on carving um sure. and i feel that adds a lot of charm and a lot of soul to it you know you really can put your heart into your project when you're creating it from scratch and a machine's not spitting it out sure now do you see a future of your company mass producing guitars or is that no. prohibitive based on your technique basically yeah i i think that my niche is the way that i do it and i don't mm -hmm. want to change that you know is it sure. the harder way absolutely is it the more expensive way 100 percent. you know it's hours and hours and hours to cut that stuff up and you got to be careful and you can screw up a you know a 60 dollar piece of wood just by you know hitting it with the router right. if it, you know if it skips on you if your tool is dull it's not going to cut and it can move and you know so you got to be up on your tooling and, and and there's just a lot to it but again the moment that thing gets created by a computer, the charm is gone. The soul is gone. You know, it just doesn't have that feel to it anymore, in my opinion, um, if that's worth anything. But I would never change. And what's on the horizon for Eveline? Um, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say. Uh, like I said, I, I'll never shut it down. I'd like to start promoting it a bit more again. Um, you know, a couple years ago when, uh, when my hero, Eddie Van Halen, passed away, um, I, I was kind of torn I, I almost considered just shutting everything down. I'm like, God, I, I don't even want to build anymore. Like, I'm, you know, and then like the, the night he passed away, I have, obviously I have a replica of one of his guitars and I prop it down on my bar and I put, uh, you know, I grabbed a bottle of Jack Daniels. That was his choice. And I'm just sitting there drinking Jack and Cokes all night long, you know, in honor of my, my fallen hero. Um, and, you know, I posted it, you know, the next day, you know, posted a picture of it and stuff, you know, in tribute. And uh, a couple buddies of mine are like, hey, did you make that, that Eddie guitar? I'm like, yeah. Can you make me one? I'm like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I can't. It just, like, you know, number one, legally copyright stuff. But, like, I would just feel like an absolute horrible human to try to make money off of the grave of 
anybody, let alone, you know, a hero, just like, sure. oh, this person's dead. Let's capitalize because everybody else is doing that anyways. I mean, go to Google and type EVH socks or hats or jackets. There's a million companies that are making money off of his, you know, his back. And it, it really hurts to see that. So I could never bring myself to be one of them. But it did inspire me to say, you know what? I've always wanted to have like eight or nine of his replica guitars to just hang on the wall. Like there's, he's had dozens upon dozens of guitars over the years, but there's, there's a handful that I find very special, you know, through my life of, of watching him as a player. So I decided to start building the choice guitars of his, you know, for myself. So I, I got to work and in that year um, I, I built, five or six more guitars that year. It was actually a busy year in my shop uh, building all these Eddie Van Halen replica guitars um, just for myself to hang on the wall, you know, mm -hmm. maybe let my buddies play them at the bar once in a while or whatever. But um, so that's really all I've built at all in the past couple of years is I just built a, you know, a handful of Eddie guitars for myself. But, um, you know, I definitely like to, you know, get back in the shop and, and do a little bit more, um, which is probably why I agreed to sit down and, and talk about this company because, you know, it's it's a part of me that I, I do miss because my life's been so busy with with everything else that it would be nice to get back in there and kind of, you know, make some sawdust. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for joining us, sir. This has been In the Lab with Gary Kozlowski at Bevelon Guitars. Stick around for the next exciting episode of In the Lab and be sure to subscribe and click the notification thingies. Because, <laughs> hey, this is your first time on YouTube, right? <laughs> See you later.